Greetings, cool boy nation. <laughs> this episode, <laughs> we will be doing something very special. Something that has never been done anywhere. Ever. Oh my god. Tell me, what is it? We will be doing our first ever live commentary of a John Travolta gay porn. <gasps> what? And no one here is here to say that they didn't agree to this. <laughs> cool boys everywhere. Strap in and buckle up. <gasps> it's time for Trade and Paint. Uh. Live from Cool Boys Central. Be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just a young boy. <gasps> <gasps> So cool. So cool. So cool. Oh, it's a good boy. Trading paint. Trading paint. Trading paint. Trading paint. Welcome, cool boy nation, to a special installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. I'm... This is going to be so confusing to anyone who's not really familiar with the works of John Travolta recently. I'm the Forger, Felk. Well, why would they be tuning in to a commentary track of Trading Paint unless they were? And I'm Broken Arrow Ballard. Uh, he's, he's Nolan Sexton Cool Boys. Do you read me again? Let's just ignore him. We've got our own thing to do here, man. we got All John right. Travolta ahead of us. Just write, uh. Uh. So cool. Ah, uh, and also, well, I, I, we'll get into it once we start uh, trading paint. But I, I have a feeling that trading paint was not targeted at John Travolta fanatics. And now, Felk reads the back of DVD cases. Tonight's author is Trading Paint. Challenge your legacy. <gasps> when their winning streak begins to fail, legendary father and son racing duo Sam... John Travolta, and Cam, Tony Sebastian, or excuse me, I read a normal person's name, Toby Sebastian, have a falling out. A rival racing giant takes advantage of this. This text is yellow over exploding flames of yellow. It is hard as fuck to read. All right. Uh, a rival racing giant takes advantage of this rift and offers Cam a lucrative opportunity racing for the adversary. Wow. Cam accepts, and the gap between father and son grows even bigger. Engines rev and sparks fly as the two are set against each other in an ultimate high-stakes race and the most dangerous competition between father and son. Well, well, cool boys. Well, I was going to say, okay, so Carzan Cater, a director oh. of... <laughs> Ten films, okay, Felk, ten films. Yeah, look at Three up. of these are in development, by the way. <laughs> and Trading Paint is his most recent film, his so his seventh film. This is a big deal. Yeah, he is the director of such films as IMDb is loading. Oh, a lot of movies that do not look like they were shot in America. Yes, or on film, probably. Or any country that has running water. Oh, Kurdistan. Okay. Kurdistan? A country of Kurdises? Kur no, the Kurdistan region of Iraq. 
Oh, dude, I really honestly don't know my uh, geography very well. But Kurdistan sounds like an amazing place. It was Iraq, but it's like I don't I don't know the the what was Just going on. A whole on bunch of people named Stan and a whole bunch of people named Curtis. That's where Sebastian stands from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. It's all it's all last name of Curtis's and Stans. Um, this movie also has uh, John Travolta, of course, and Shania Twain. Yeah. That don't impress me much. Is that much. Shania Twain? Yeah, that is. That don't impress me much. So you're Brad much. Pitt. That don't impress, impress me, me much. What a horrible song. I loved it. Okay, I loved it. I think Shania Twain is uh, attractive. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, very attractive. And we'll see you in this movie. Well, cool boys. I don't think we can get any more introductory than that. Time to move on. To our cool boys commentary is what I always like to say. Yes. Cool boy nation. Push play. Now. <gasps> okay, that's good and loud. Ooh, wow. Lionsgate right off the bat. Stamp of quality. Yeah, Lionsgate used to actually make movies, but uh, I don't really understand what they are now. I think they're just distribution too. Uh, they just distributed things. I think they they do both. Yeah. Remember when it was like artisan, but and, and they had like weird movie, like indie movies. Shut up! Like, shut up! You're missing it. This is Saban. Oh, it's Saban. Saban. Is the same Saban's logo? Yeah, it is. That's his name. Saban. I think. Saban Films. He had a severe coke problem and was very open about it. Allegedly. No, he was open about it. Oh, I don't know what this one is. This Am be... grind. Amber is... Group. What is a this? Yeah. AMB. AMB Media. AMB Media? AMB Media. AM Media. <laughs> AM. And Docs. Paradox Studios. Well, that studio shouldn't exist. Whoa. And Ellipsis Capital, which is probably a, like a small bank. And yes, Raven. Yeah. <laughs> Raven? Whoever Raven is. Raven's a guy. I hope it's like a guy. Sculptor. How many fucking <laughs> logos are they? These last two haven't too. even been designed. They look like clip art. Last race of the season, Talladega Short Track, Alabama. I don't have subtitles. Oh, it's Cam. And Michael Madsen. Okay, so Michael Madsen, he's like Rowdy Burns here. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting. And we have two cool trickles, maybe. There he is. So Travolta's what, Duval, maybe? A Duval that races? Uh, I don't know if Travolta races in this movie. I hope he does. I'll be upset if he doesn't. I think he's the coach. We, we just we just saw the first shot of John Travolta. Yeah, we did. We just saw him. Beautiful, by the way. Beautiful beard. Hair is under a hat, but it looks like it'd be great hat, hair. And uh, it's a little Chazdini. He looks Very Chazdini. He looks heterosexual. I don't know why you have to mention that. Uh, I don't know. Big fat guy waving a flag. Cars. Uh, did we ever find out what type of uh, racing this is? No. Hmm. But maybe we'll find out in the uh, movie. I love that it's one hour and 27 minutes. It's going to be, oh, I know, fast action. Live action, typically uh, typically not a good sign when a movie is that short. Uh, on the back of the DVD case, it just says it's racing. <laughs> it's just racing. It, not, not any particular type. Okay, that's what I was going to say. So whatever this type of racing is has a dedicated fan base. 
and this movie was marketed very heavily with posters and like, well, I don't know how, how you would display video at one of these rural dirt tracks, but but maybe Travolta actually went to fucking dirt track racing events. It was like, yo, man, <laughs> trade and paint, you gotta see it. It's coming out soon. I'm John Travolta. I flew here <laughs> in my own jet, and I totally didn't, I do not have sex with men. Also, <laughs> did n nothing. And then he handed out copies of Dianetics. Yeah. Okay, we're meeting John, John Travolta's son here. He just took his helmet off, and he's angry. And then Travolta walked over to his airliner and then kissed his pilot on the lips, and they both got on there, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> disco music played, lights were flashing, and noises were making. And then they both jumped in the, into the air and, freeze, and yelled, Scientology, and freeze-framed. Yeah. Scientology rules! Okay, that was a cool, that was a well-done shot of him getting out of the car. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it actually was. I'm telling you, so, okay, I've been watching a bunch of these Travolta films recently. Things like Speed Kills, yeah. all right, uh, I Am Wrath. And let me just tell you, they are a lot higher quality than you expect. Well, I Am Wrath is Chuck Russell, so I would expect some level of, like, quality. The guy may, has made fucking Eraser in the Mask. He's, he knows how to make movies. Uh, this, this, this movie, however... <laughs> This movie's gonna be great, but the Forger's maybe not so good. That that we uh, watched the trailer for, and that didn't seem that great. There was color grading done to it. it everything kind of has a brown color grade to it. That's trading something. paint or the Forger. Trading paint. Yeah. I can't speak to the Forger cinematography. Yes, you can. You saw the trailer. That's. I would never judge a movie based on its. Uh, oh. Trailer. Ooh, car accident. Yikes. Whoa! This that was a hard cut. Yeah, that's awesome though. It was fine. Is this what he does? Yeah, what is this? Yeah, this is day to day outside of. What was that? Is that Shania? Yeah, it's Shania in a car with him. Whoa. Uh oh. Oh! Oh, they couldn't afford to do the entire thing, so. They did Wait, he got into a massive car crash, and and, Sh and Shania took it in the. And the temple from a giant steel pipe? I don't think that was Shania. She looked too young. I think that was his daughter, and her, his daughter's dead. He was that kissing was... his daughter in the car while they were driving? They were kissing? Were they kissing? They were kissing. Felt like kissing. That was, that was, that's your fan fiction. I, we'll that, find out. Whoever that girl was was way younger than Shania Twain. She looked like Shania Twain when Shania Twain meant something. But Shania Twain's like 48 years old now. Yeah, maybe older. Let's find out. No, but I don't care. She looks still great. Oh, yeah. No, she... she I mean... However old... Let's see. Let's, let's maybe see. a tad Shania Botox, but still great. Is... Oh, she's one of those women who... Oh, 53. Fantastic. Wow. Well, that doesn't impress me much. Hold on. Let's find out. Whoa! Diane Lane. How old is Diane Lane? Older or younger? Oh, slightly older. 54. Yeah. Still fuckable. There, there, look, there's Shania. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, see, so the, she, that wasn't her in the car accident. This is beautiful. They had a nice little, little fishing moment together. Now they're having a picnic next to the, a, a little pond or a lake. This is miles away from things like Broken Arrow. Pretty poor already. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's trading paint. They're not. They're obviously going to have action moments. It's not I just going to be this whole movie next to a lake. I'm just gonna throw. You remember that episode of South Park, uh, uh, "Poor and Stupid," where Cartman says that over and over, like "Trading paint." We're trading paint. It looks like we're trading paint. Because <laughs> no, he goes NASCAR. Wait, 
No, I don't. I'm putting that. that. I, oh, I'm putting that. I'm finding that clip and I'm putting it in all over this fucking episode. Good, please do. Uh, yeah, it was. It was the one where uh, Cartman wanted to be a, a NASCAR driver or a NASCAR. Wait, what season is that? I don't remember. Like early, early on, like seasons five. Oh six? no, pretty recent. Oh, I see. Okay, I've actually missed the last like uh, three or four seasons. Season fourteen, episode eight. Cartman wants to be a NASCAR driver, and he's just, like, really condescending to what NASCAR is the entire th time, because he's just like, I wish I could, you know, race NASCAR, but I'm not poor or stupid enough, because he thinks that all NASCAR drivers are just borderline retarded. Wait, uh, really? Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, and everyone's, uh, you know, not depicted as, as dumb. There's, like, a lot to the sport. But he just says, what's like we're trading paint over and over again. <laughs> That's so. What I've heard about this, I, I, that's what I thought. Like, that's what I thought of. Yeah. Well, it's not right. Huh? It's a little. It's a little different. No, a little it's, bit it's, more. It's this whole world. Of a family drama. I feel bad. For, well, I do. Do you? Let's let's, let's pause it as a question. Do you feel bad for Michael Madsen? No, I don't feel bad for Michael Madsen. I kind of feel bad for him. Why do you feel bad for him? I mean, he's been in like big movies. Yeah. So. He's in Train Paint. This is a big movie. Yeah. Is it? Man to man, chat. You don't think so? Train Paint? No, what do you movie. feel about Hateful Eight? Did you like Hateful Eight? He was in that. Hateful Eight's pretty good. Uh, I, I love have, Hateful Eight. I have not watched the the four episode recut of it. I loved that too. Oh, that you watched awesome. that? Yeah, that was great. It's interesting. It is weird that like he would do that because like that that leads me to think that Kill Bill could be a real thing. Yeah, and he's doing a director's cut version to Django as well. He's recutting Django with his editor. Hmm. And he's go and he said I think after uh Django was done, he was going to look into maybe doing some more of that Netflix type stuff. That's interesting. I guess that's the but future. It w yeah, well, I think it's like he's just mostly going back and recutting some of his own stuff. Yeah, uh, he's such a proponent of film and the theater experience that I don't ever see him going like all in. On yeah, I think Netflix. he had a lot of fun with Hateful Eight, it sounds like. Yeah, well, the recut, I, you mean? Yeah, the recut, yeah. Um, oh. I find it more interesting, though, that he, like out of his quote-unquote ten films that he's done, and his ninth film being um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that he might potentially be making his tenth film the Star Trek movie? That That's kind of crazy to me. Uh, no, the Star Trek thing, I think, fell through a long time ago, unless there's been recent news about it. Yeah, unless there's been recent news. That, that's been that's been way gone I for thought a I while. read somewhere that, like, J.J. has read a script or something like that, even, like, recently, across his desk. Maybe. I, I thought that, that kind of fell out just because of, on a practical level. Um, although, I mean, if I was in charge of Star Trek, if I was Jeff Star Trek... I would Jeff definitely, I would definitely like just say just for the gimmick of it, give it to him, see what he does with it. I don't know what yeah. he would do. Yeah. Oh my God, I don't know either. But he's a huge enough fan that you think he would, do, he would do something interesting. But they said it was they were comfortable apparently with like R ratings or some shit like that. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched uh, Discovery, nor will I. It sounds uh, incredibly grating. I'm watching the Orville, and that kind of gives me my Star Trek fix. It's just, How do you like that? It's just Next Generation. Is it really? Yeah, I mean, it, they marketed it as a comedy because Fox, I think, had control of the marketing. But it's 
it, there's no maybe a little bit more comedy than Next Generation had. Like percentage is up a bit, and it, rather yeah. than being the dry sense of humor that Next Generation occasionally tried to display, it's it's Seth MacFarlane's sense of humor. So if you you know like Ted or Family Guy, you'll you'll enjoy that. Is it like it, like Seth MacFarlane that like gets you know? A budget essentially do anything, and he gets to you know. Oh, I'll I'll just you know have fun, do my own fan fictional Star Trek series. It sounds like he's rich enough that he could greenlight uh, him as a fan doing like fan fiction for Star Trek, and that's what it yeah. feels like. But it's actually pretty good because he can hire good writers and wow, good that's directors. Awesome. That's amazing. Because like he's gotten Jonathan Frakes to direct uh, episodes, so it's got the Star Trek. Wow, he's, he got. Um, John Favreau to do a bunch of episodes. Wait, so, wait, 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 wait! But Jonathan Frakes, like he did like three films. He did like three films, right? Like something like that. The Star Trek movies. Yeah. He did. Yeah, he did uh, two of them. Two uh, of them. Okay. Yeah, and uh, including First Contact, which I think is probably the best of the next gen movies. It's definitely the one that's highest uh, esteemed amongst fans, right? When it comes to the uh, next generation series. Um, yeah, I, I honestly thought it was great until I watched the Plinkett review of it, and I was like, oh, I guess there are some flaws here, but I, I don't have as big a problem with those as uh, Mike Mike does. Mike Stoklos does. Yeah. Um, are you interested in Picard at all? Uh, man, maybe. We'll see. Like, the people in charge of Star Trek, at least on a TV level, it sounds... Hair! You get his hair, and you've got Chaz Dean hair. Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about trading Peyton in a long fucking time here, have we? No, we haven't, but it's okay. Go back to Star Trek. It's fine. No, I mean, that's 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 it. What's it? Hmm? No, that's, a, that's pretty much all I had to say about Star Trek. Uh, I'm not to... interested in Discovery. I'm not interested in Picard. I, I'm, I'm interested if they make more movies. That's about it. I like Star Trek. I like what old Star Trek was a lot more than what new Star Trek has become. Um, that being said, I still like new Star Trek. I just don't think it's Star Trek. The movies I'm talking about, of course. Yeah, I don't. I don't care if the JJ verse continues. Uh, it it can it can die where it is. Uh, yep. Beyond felt more like Star Trek than anything that Star Trek has made in a long time, and I liked it for that. And I felt like the cast, especially kind of, the first twenty minutes, twenty or thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially just like the opening. I mean, they still had to throw in stuff to make it in continuity with JJ and and you know with. Uh, Kirk riding a motorcycle and right. being a big fan of the Beastie Boys, but other than that, it, it even that are you did, kidding me? Beastie Boys is what like saves the day. The Beastie Boys, I, th I thought that moment was fine. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. But and I like the little acknowledgement I mean, that yeah, that would be classical music to them. It would be, yeah, yeah. for sure. Hundreds and hundreds of years old, thousands of years old, hundreds of years old. Hundreds. It's like the twenty fourth century. Yeah, hundreds. Okay, cool. Star Trek, Star Trek talk. We need to figure out something to talk about here. I I, 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 I don't have anything to say about trading pates. You got any updates? You got any updates or anything? Uh, my tooth hurts. That's pretty new. Um, I, I, I think I, you know, I hate dentists. I hate dentists so much. And I've talked about my dentist before, but I guess I could recap that. That I've got like one. I, my dentist is literally in the SAG building. So he's, and it's all about like cosmetics. So he's always trying to sell me on like the dental shit. And um, he's hinted several times that like, 
oh, I did this for a very important client and it would really work on you. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, cause I have, you know, I got a little gap, little gap right between my front teeth. He's yep. always trying to like sell me on how he can make my teeth completely perfect. Yep. But all you have to do is grind down my existing teeth until they're little fucking sharp nubs and stick caps on them. And it's like several, like 10, $20,000. And I'm like, well, first off, if I'm going to spend $20,000 fixing something about me, I'm going to get my hair back like Elon Musk did. I'm not going to go to my teeth first because my teeth are teeth. You know, I yeah. can close my goddamn mouth, but I can't close my hair. Um, Ooh, good point. How yeah. much is it to get that Elon Musk thing? Not well. Elon Musk got it done by. Have you seen photos of Elon Musk before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Before and after. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but go ahead. Describe it to the, the nation if they haven't. Okay, well, it, I believe he got the 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 transplant surgery. You know how that that's involves where they they literally cut a strip off the of skin off the yeah. Back. Joe Rogan's talked about it a lot. Yeah, and implanted. Rogan has because Rogan obviously used to fight like crazy, and yet he still lost that battle. Yeah, he talks about how he did that exact same thing, and he has now a, a smiley face scar on the back of his head. And, uh, and and he wished he never did it, and he wished he just shaved his head sooner. Yeah, well, I, I'm kind of with Joe on that. Like, if there was a cleaner way to do it, that's fine. I, I still don't understand why they have to fucking cut, like, your skin off to get hair. Can't we just, like, I see homeless people every day with floods of hair with my hair color. You should just go just to harvest Panama, them. Dude. Just harvest them. Just harvest their head skin. No, go to Panama and do their stem cell research and shit like that and figure it out down there. Mm. That's like a legit thing, too. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, you got to research it, but it's like a legit thing. Like, Panama, that's where stem cell research is, like, really going on strong. Good shit's happening there. Mel Gibson has been going down there to get shit done or something, or his dad did, something like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Stem cell has nothing to do with the type of hair surgery that I, I, I'm uh, aware of. I know. I'm saying, but stem cells injected into your scalp might make you have glorious locks of hair all over again see that who knows that yeah, exactly who knows that, i'm talking about the the proven medical procedure but it's I like would do anything for panama why do you care about panama because that's where you can do it that's where they're allowed all this like uh flexibility with the medical you know uh research and development they didn't give us john mccain he was there you go. he was born there he was. He was. You know, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about Panama. I know it's a canal. I know the canal. Oh, is Sam, played by John Travolta, just knocked out a patron at the bar. Did he? Yeah, he did. Kind of giving up on Kevin this movie. Dunn? It's, it's already boring me. Is that Kevin Dunn with a beard? That looked like Kevin Dunn, best known as the dad from Transformers. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Witwicky. And the military guy from the hit 1998 film Godzilla. Ooh, such a great role too for him. The Godzilla, the uh, King of Monsters reviews are not great. Oh really? That's too bad because uh, Michael Doherty is that his name? Is he's a great director so far? Other than that, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. let's, let's cool boy check what it's currently at because I'm planning on seeing it this weekend. Trick or Treat and Krampus are both great. I love them both. Like, love them both. Five out of five. Love them both. I mean, but does that translate to Godzilla? Mm-mm. It doesn't. I don't know if he was the right pick for that, but I was excited to see what he did with it anyways. What do you, what do you think the score is? Guess Probably a 68. 56. 56. Yikes. Yikes. Eh, 
yeah, um, that said, I still want to see it. A lot of the negative reviews are, uh, oh, it's just monsters fighting. Where's the yeah, well, characters I, mean, wait, wait. I care about? What was Godzilla, 2014 Godzilla, what was its uh, a Rotten Tomato? That's a good question. Because I actually like that movie and most people hate it. Do you also think Farrah Farmiga is going to end up being like Brian Cranston's character and just die early on, leaving her daughter to be the whole movie? Just kind of like, not Shia, what's his name? Aaron Taylor Johnson, ATJ. Like he was the whole movie after Brian died. I, I, so that's my problem. Uh, for your previous question, Godzilla got 75%, meaning it's certified Yikes. fresh. Yikes. And uh, wow. I don't really agree with that. I, I think it's, that movie felt I felt like a trick. I I, I went in see, expecting to see a movie with Brian Cranston as the scientist and Godzilla as the thing. That, Same. And then of course Godzilla's Same. in it for six minutes. And, and Brian, Brian Cranston's, Cranston's in, in it for like twelve. Yeah, exactly. And, and also, but I still like it a lot. I still loved it. I still fell for it. And uh, the Aaron Taylor jo Joy. What's his name? Aaron Taylor Johnson. Quicksilver. He's uh he yeah. he is. Uh, fucking plank of wood. He is so terrible. Uh, and that he is, but I think he's fun in other things. He was statutory raped by his current wife, who was the director of Fifty Shades of Grey. He and we all... Is... She started dating him when he was, like, 17, and she was, like, in her 30s. And, uh, they yeah, got married. Yeah, but that's also his England, right? There's different laws there. Are they, is he I British? I think so. I think they're both, both are. Um, but, uh, I don't know the laws there, to be honest. All I know is, you know... Fifty Shades of Grey is not a good movie, and Aaron Taylor Johnson is not a good actor, so I don't know why we really need either of them. Ooh. Seriously, what's your hey, favorite so Aaron Taylor Johnson movie? Uh, Kick-Ass. Um, See, followed... Kick-Ass, I know he's in Kick-Ass, and I almost have to like rewatch it, because like, I don't. I, I liked Kick-Ass. I saw it with you and Dorn. Yeah, Savages uh, was good. Fuck Savages. What's that? It's that Oliver Stone movie that's like him and uh, oh, that's the Blake Lively, Blake Lively yeah, Benicio Del Toro. And there's some other guy that's also in that movie that's Should like I Aaron Taylor Johnson's character. got a good ass right now, by the way. That's a pretty decent 53-year-old ass from Shania. And she's in mom jeans, not. too. Super hot mom jeans. Those aren't mom jeans. Those are just jeans. They're just jeans, baby. What's the, what, what, what's the difference between jeans and mom jeans? Um, I would say mom jeans probably pull up really high around yeah, the waist. waist. It's around the waist. Yeah. Those don't, yeah. those don't go up that high on their waist, though. No, they don't. And she looks amazing. She really does. No, she's just rocking jeans. She she's takes, rocking that blouse, too. She takes care of herself. Thank God. Man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> By the way, I was in line at fucking Astroworld for this, like, thing i think it was like a, a pop-up vr experience and that song something must have been wrong with their fucking cd or whatever because that song looped the entire 90 minutes that i was in that line and I, oh really it drove me in fucking sane da, 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 da. it's just like over and over again it was like torture shania tortured me in a way i mean she Dude, didn't mean to do it you should try um next uh, next time you have people over just play it in the background the 10 hours of Michael moment. Jackson. No, oh, no, no. I... 10 hours of Michael Jackson noises. It's amazing. I did it. it. It's fantastic. You put it on low enough so people don't notice it at first. And after a while, they're like, just all of a sudden, they're like, Shikama! Ow! Ow! 
It's it's fantastic. You should seriously try it. You should try it sometime. Next time we do a cool boy party together, play it in the background. Hmm. Hey Felk, I actually had something interesting happen to me. You have an update? I have a little bit of an update. Ooh, let's hear it. So it's unfortunate, uh -oh. but and I don't. I oh man, oh my god, my daughter would hate me to talk about this. So, we went to Best Buy. We went to Best Buy over the weekend. Love Best Buy. Love Best Buy. Went to the Best Buy over the weekend. And, um, of course, as we are trying to leave, mm -hmm. my daughter is noticed by my wife, has stuffed something into her back of her shorts or the back of her pants. She's stealing? <laughs> She's five years old, yeah. and she is trying to steal something out of Best Buy. Oh. My wife immediately tries to, like, you know, talk to her and be like, what are you doing? Like, what's in there? What's in there? I see it. I grab it. I reach in quick. I just grab it out. I throw it quickly on the shelves. We're like, what are you doing? You shouldn't do this. This is wrong. This is the wrong thing. Right? We talk to her about it. Take her home. We explain how we're disappointed in her actions. And, like, you know, this is not all right. You can't do this ever again. We're going to have to think of a real punishment. This is not something we can just, you know, give you, like, a five-minute timeout for or something like that. This is going to be a real punishment. We're going to have to think of it. So, you know, there's a bunch of events she has coming planned up. But we figured one of them. We, well, no, no. Not gonna you, you're not going to tell me what she was stealing? Oh, it was a stupid little, uh, like, plastic pink, like, suitcase toy. Like, su something that fits in the palm of your hand. Right? And like and maybe it had like a little tinier, crappier toy in it. It was probably worth two dollars. And so like one of the things we talked about with her too is like we could if if you want something like that, ask mom and dad. If we say no, you can say, Well, can I buy it with my own money? Which she has some. So it's like, of course. Then yes, you can. We'll come back with your money and buy it. Does she right? have a job? <laughs> Well, no, she gets a little bit of allowance because we have her do a couple chores around the house and stuff like that. Okay. And then, then she gets money from birthdays and things like that, you know. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we after, you know, we explained to her, like, you know, what's right and wrong about it and all that stuff. And I utilize the Ten Commandments, too. I'm like, it's on par with Ooh, these it's, commandments. Oh, it's, yeah. the opening, it's the opening race of the season. How we dare just, you interrupt my shit <laughs> for trading we got, we got some. Oh, all of a sudden the camera just seems to have gotten a lot better too. There's all of a sudden there's actual depth of field. Looks like they got all the way down to like like 1.4 on the f-stop there. You know what they probably did is they probably hired a freelancer that actually in the area and he handled that night. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, you have to punish your daughter because she right. now so, found, so we, to we teach have, her stealing's wrong. Exactly. So there were a couple things like, you know, swimming lessons that were coming up. There was also um, some dance, uh, uh, like a dance class or not dance class, a dance like um, camp that she was going to go to. There was like a, 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 a quote unquote, a rock star camp she was going to go to soon during the summer. And God, then there she's was a also fucking rock star life. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, there was also well, she was, you know, we, we, we try to keep them busy to some extent. And then the other thing she was going to be doing was. Um, Something along the lines of like uh, a Girl Scouts like a uh, pool party, and so we we wanted to think of the thing that would probably not jeopardize her social life, but at the same time would do something she liked that would probably hurt. So we took away Rockstar Camp, right? So she can't do Rockstar Camp anymore. So and and then you know along with you know just essentially just being like uh, on mom and dad's bad side all weekend, you know. Yeah, you know what that teaches her by the way. What? It doesn't teach her not to steal. It teaches her not to get caught stealing. 
Well, so we talked to her about that too, and that was part of the issue too. Is that not only was she trying to steal, but we were asking him like, "What were you gonna do when you got home? Yeah. Like, what were you gonna plan to do with this toy?" And she was like, "I was gonna, I was gonna play with it when not around you guys, essentially in my room alone." Oh, she so knew. We're like, oh my god! So you're gonna just you're gonna deceive us this whole time? We're like, "This is not good. This is not better." But thank you for telling us. We appreciate you telling us. <laughs> Anyways, it was a long process and it was very stressful. So a day and a half goes by, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, my daughter's feeling more comfortable talking about it. She does talk about how she was, like, embarrassed by it and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then she feels more comfortable talking about it. So she starts talking about it a little bit more to my wife. And so she's telling her mom that, like, you know, like, uh, you know, oh, you know, this one girl at, at school um, talks about how, you know, she hears about all the time on TV and the news that, like, you know, women can do anything. Yes! And <laughs> And so this is a first grader. My daughter's in kindergartner, right? This is fitting so my this, narrative. <laughs> so the first, this first grader is essentially telling all these girls that are kindergartners that she's heard this thing that girls can do anything. They they can do anything that boys can't do. So boys aren't allowed to break the rules, but girls can break the rules. So if a girl wants to steal something, take something, right? Not steal something, just take something. She can because a woman oh can God. do anything. Yeah. So. My my daughter's telling my wife this, and so my wife my, my, my wife immediately is like, "Wait a second, did you take this toy, because you thought that like you can just do whatever you want?" You know, my daughter's like, "No," but my wife was like, comes to me and tells me like, she's like, "I'm pretty sure when she said no, that she meant kinda yes." Like you could just see that there's a little bit in there where it was like, definitely part of what influenced maybe the the thing, maybe not. But part of maybe the influence here of, of, of taking this thing was this idea that this other girl at school is literally promoting the idea that women can do anything. And I thought, oh, my God. And we started laughing, my wife and I. Started laughing at the idea of that, like, through like, the idea of, of, of third-wave feminism, essentially, right? That women can do anything in an unequal way to man. Like, just the fact that they can just do anything and they're better than men. They're better than anyone. And that that filter through the lens of a six-year-old talking to five-year-olds is the most like you know scary like you know terrorism ever <laughs> the idea that these women are gonna grow up thinking you know we women can do anything like we can just like we can kick these boys or we can like you know set off you know whatever you know fucking issues at school with like whatever bully we wanted you do. can run a toxic real estate scam kill vince foster and still get elected president <laughs> well, yeah so this is why <laughs> it's interesting. My wife and I were laughing our asses off because it's just like it is. By the way, I'm not kidding. Like that. That's, it's stranger that's than fiction, you know. Like like truth is stranger than fiction, and it's just one of those moments you're just like looking at. It, you're like, wow. So when you have these great things that are, it's true. Like women can do anything, and and all this stuff, and there should be equality and equal payment to men and all that <laughs> stuff, and all these things. But when you just hear over and over again just the the battle cry of women can do anything, and you're six. No. And you start telling kindergartners women can do anything. I just love the well, idea. Hold on, the six year old didn't come up with this. Who told your daughter that? No, it was, it was she her heard mom. it. What? No, she heard. Yeah, she heard it somewhere. She said she heard it on the news or something on TV. She probably heard it from yeah, fucking Michelle Wolf and yeah, Samantha B. Right. While right. mom was watching, like this is mommy's program. Samantha B's, you know, like saying like, kick every man in the balls because they're all trying to rape us right now. <laughs> so it's totally fine to take. We should the branding of like nasty woman as like a, a, a badge of pride. Of pride. Like, what does that say? That like, if little girls are hearing that, like, it's okay when they call you nasty when they say you're a liar and a thief. It's just because they hate women, even if they're women. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, unfortunate, right? It's like what, what kind of morality is that set up? Uh, it's it's going to be a fascinating generation uh, coming up, and uh, oh boy. Uh, well, that that story fills me with terror. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I don't want to speak ill of a fucking six year old girl. I don't know anything about, but like, Same. how do you think we get mad? Like, it, it's just twelve years later, and you get mattress girl. Ouch. No, I'm not she kidding. Was not 16. Mattress Girl wasn't 16. 18. Damn. 6 plus 12 is 18. Wow. <laughs> That's how math works. Uh, although, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Mattress Girl was like 20 or whatever. But, like, just remember, like, I remember what I was doing 10 years ago. Like, that's that's the gap. And when they enter into, when they go to college and they're, they're constantly told, you know, like, uh, five and six girls at the school will be raped this year. And if you're not, you're not uh, going to get all the attention that the media lavishes on people who are public about that kind of thing. It's like, it's just, it sets up for like some, we've set up for some fucking dark press, dark futures uh, with uh, with that level of like, sometimes people are guilty of things. Yeah, well, I mean, what's that? They const- the one side constantly looks at the other side has potential more evil than their side could potentially provide. So, I mean, you'll always have that. Uh, you always have these potential dark, dark scenarios based on whatever the other side does doesn't believe that your side does believe, or vice versa. And I think maybe you know, it's it's a it's a parabellum. It's it's, it's a up and down curving, but something is going to have to. Uh, John Wick three parabellum. Yeah, something's going to have to. Uh, stabilize relatively soon. I mean, maybe, uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's absolutely and true. And I think it's got to have to be a really, maybe not just one, like a series of high profile women get held accountable for something that they've, they've done. Uh, or awful. something serious occurs that requires like the world and or the nation or several nations to actually stop being like, hey, let's pretend that we can have the time and luxury to bitch about stupid shit. And like, oh, guess what? Aliens! Because yeah. once again, we fucking, like, 2004, there were like a, there was an alien sighting that the Navy reported eventually that we found out by the New okay, York Times well, or some shit. Gone off the rails and then, again. then literally over the weekend, Memorial Day weekend, on Memorial Day, New York Times once again uh, reported another story about from the U.S. Navy from pilots in 2014 and 2015 where they saw aircraft over the east coast of the United States from Virginia to Florida for 12 hours at a time, flying at hypersonic speeds, and they're reporting this shit at, um, purposefully on times like Memorial Day because they know people aren't going to read it. No. It's fucking crazy. You're My wrong on both and I counts. are blown away. Well, you're wrong on the account that there's a, there's aliens that are visiting Earth. Well, it's not <laughs> aliens, but there's unidentified flying objects that they have literally called that, or they call them uh, uh, unidentified something else. Oh, arrow, no. uh, uh, arrow, fucking, I'll look it up. I have it right here. I know, I, I, yeah, I do know what you're talking about. There's something about SpaceX. Uh, there's like a, a weird flashes that people are saying no, were UFOs. It's not SpaceX. It's SpaceX. No, there's, there's, no, this is a different thing. Like, there's a recent SpaceX launched, and it looks like there was aliens in the background of it or something like that. Um, so uh, people were like, oh, shit, it's aliens. But there, but there weren't. Um, and there was also that time when, like, New York was glowing green. Felk, do you want to hear this article? This is going to blow your fucking mind. Okay, Washington. This is the. I, I, I got York- a point to make about this, but go ahead. Okay, this is okay. Well, this this is you know for, apparently reporting from. Wait, what, what's your point? My point is is that all right, maybe something could happen 
maybe something like a, another 9-11 or some, which you know was a horrible thing but but did bring America together we were very unified for like a year right after that and, and it felt like American pride was it felt okay it felt right again to like stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance and, and the national anthem and everything and if like I, I don't know if something like that either good or or bad like like um, 9/11 9/11 was bad I just want to be clear that about that <laughs> um, I don't think that that would bring us together I think we would politicize it and I think if aliens fucking landed on on earth it would be 48 hours before you had a CNN reporter Brian Stelter going like so a- aliens Zeepthorpe Zeepthorpe comes out of the fucking spacecraft he's like I have all the fucking I can solve your shit. Like, I can solve, you know, your power problems. It's really easy. I can give unlimited power. Zeepthorpe's helping out the entire world. It would only be a matter of time before something political. I don't know what it, maybe it, maybe, maybe it would be. The question would be like, so Zeepthorpe, do you support a woman's right to choose? And Zeepthorpe will go like, what? What are you talking about? And then they'll explain the situation. And Zeepthorpe will be like, no, I don't like that. And, and, We'll just half the country will want to kill Zeepthorpe, and half the country will be like totally fine with making Zeepthorpe our new like leader. Yeah, that would be. That's interesting. I mean, that well, that's a possibility. Absolutely. Do you want to hear? It, the it doesn't have to be abortion. It could be like uh, any number. It could be like you know, like in Zeepthorpe's like. And the most important thing to solve all your problems, every one of you needs to be armed. <laughs> or or every everyone has to literally get rid of their microwave, and you have people being like, "Fuck that! I am pro microwave." And then other people being like, I am anti-microwave now. And then no, I don't think will- microwaves are – I think they'd have to be an already politically uh, divisive subject. Microwaves are pretty bipartisanly supported as a uh, good good uh, innovation. But it would create a bipartisanship. There's plenty of things that – like if Zeepthorpe said, and none of you can ever eat meat again because eating a- other, sentient- other animals is totally wrong. I will not help you unless all of you give up meat. I'm going to be like, fuck off, Zeepthorpe. Like, well, what if he was like, you don't have to give up meat, but you have to give up cow. I could do that. But man, watch out, chickens and pigs, because you're all about to get really fucked up by me. That's for sure. And on top of that, you're about to get loaded in steroids to make up for the demand of lack of cow. You can get it from venison. And what, what's the meat that... Uh, no, Joe, no, no. Bison, no, if anything, is the closest no, thing what's to cow. The, what's the meat that Joe Rogan's always fought hunt, fucking hunting? Elk. Elk, Yes. But elk, okay, venison is a little gamey. It doesn't elk taste good. Is no. a lot more gamey, and moose is incredibly gamey. You I know never what had I want to try? Never, never had I moose. want to try black bear that's had blueberries. I had an ostrich burger once. Apparently, that's supposed to be the best thing ever. That's what Joe Rogan says like all the time. He's like, black bears that have eaten blueberries is the best meat in the world. That's fucking. I don't. I don't know if if the if the people are already trying to take our meat away, uh, that, that would be cool with us suddenly going like. You know what? We're going to start eating fucking bears. Yeah, let's start killing all the bears. All right, so, Felk, I want to read to you this 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 alien report that just came out on the New York Times. Now, I'm saying alien. Alien is not the way they refer to this much, but let's just be clear. They obviously are heavy hinting at towards something along those lines, but they do not say necessarily alien. This is okay, New York on. Times. Hold on. Before you begin, Ballard, do you believe that aliens, meaning extraterrestrials, have visited Earth? No idea. Okay. It's a possibility. I think it's possible. For give, sure. give, okay, give it a give it a percentage of possibility. 50-50. 50-50. Yeah, because I also think that what we think is aliens could be parallel 
dimensional beings or time traveling humans? Well, I specifically tried to preface that as saying meaning extraterrestrials. So yeah. I'm not sure if parallel dimensions is. I would give that a different percentage of likelihood. I put extraterrestrials at like 0.001% possibility. But I would put. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that's possible. Interdimensional beings is like 0.1%. Wait, interdimensional? Interdimensional versus parallel dimension? Isn't inter interdimensional just means from a parallel dimension? Yeah, so what's the difference? Nothing? No, no. Uh, interdimensional versus extraterrestrial. Oh, gotcha. I, I honestly, I, I, I'm just... Planets are just too far even. away, man. They're just too far away. I'm, I'm, I'm split evenly um, that it's a, a third each. Um, that asteroid that flew... or what, Okay, that giant rock spaceship that flew through our galaxy made a hard right-hand turn around Earth and then immediately jettisoned out of our galaxy. Yeah. That they thought was a comet, then they said nope. Then they thought it was an asteroid or something, then they said nope. And now they've said spaceship, they keep trying to say no to that, but the thing is it had propulsion, and that's what they fucking drives them crazy. And I've always thought to myself, if an alien spaceship existed, it wouldn't be all these sparkling lights and colors. What if it was more rock-like? What if it was something more organic in nature that we didn't expect? It would be non-organic intelligence is the most likely thing that would ever make right. it to Earth. It would be some kind of artificial intelligence. Something like uh, uh, the day the Earth stood still, right? Like some kind of giant robotic version of Well, that's of still their, with a biological being. Um, I don't it was, that was, but I mean, the idea of just the probe I'm talking about. Yeah, right? just the probe is, is, a, is, a, is a thing. So let's get into the reality. So this is the New York Times, okay? And this is reported <laughs> two days ago from when we're recording. So yeah. we're uh, recording on May 28th. This was reported on May 26th, okay? So Memorial Day. Like I said, why would you report something on some Memorial Day? Because you're trying to bury it. Here's the reporting. Washington. The strange objects, one of them, like a spinning top moving against the wind, appeared almost daily from the summer of 2014 to March 2015, high in the skies over the East Coast. Navy pilots reported to their superiors that the objects had no visible engine or infrared exhaust plumes, but that they could reach 30,000 feet in hypersonic speeds. These things would be out there all day, said Lieutenant Ryan Graves, an F-18 FA Super Hornet pilot who has been with the Navy for 10 years and who reported his sightings to the Pentagon and Congress. Keeping an aircraft in the air requires a significant amount of energy. With the speeds we observed, 12 hours in the air is 11 hours longer than we'd expect. Meaning, they are burning so much fuel, so much energy, or they should be, doing the, the type of maneuvers and the speeds they're going up there for 12 hours that they expect them to be actually out of there within a one-hour period. That They should be done with all of their fuel within an hour. So, they're up there 11 hours longer, which is fucking crazy to these pilots. Alright, moving on with the article. In late 2014, a Super Hornet pilot had a near collision with one of the objects, and an official mishap report was filed. Some of the incidents were captured on video, including one taken by a plane's camera in early 2015 that shows an object zooming over the ocean waves as pilots question what they are watching. Wow, what is that, man? One exclaims. Look at it fly. No one in the Defense Department is saying that the objects were extraterrestrial, and experts emphasize that earthly explanations can generally be found for such incidents. Yeah. Graves and four other Navy pilots who said in interviews with the New York Times that they saw the objects in 2014 and 2015 in training maneuvers from Virginia to Florida 
off the aircraft carrier USS Theodore Roosevelt. Make no, assers, make no assertions of their provenance. But the objects have gotten the attention of the Navy, which this year sent out new classified guidance for how to report what the military calls unexplained aerial phenomena, yeah. UAP, that's what I was referring to earlier, or unidentified flying objects, okay. UFO. Joseph Gratisher, a Navy spokesman, said the new guidance was an update of instruction that went out to the fleet in 2015 after the Roosevelt incident. I love that this episode's title is going to be the cool boys Tra trading paint. Trading paint. <laughs> um, okay, as the article continues, hang on. There were a number of different reports, okay, he said. Thing. Some cases could have been commercial drones, he said. Okay. But in other cases, we don't know who's doing this. We don't have enough data to track this. So the intent of the message to the fleet is to provide updated guidance on reporting procedures for suspected intrusions intrusions into our airspace. The sightings were reported to the Pentagon's shadowy little-known Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which analyzed the radar data, video footage, and accounts provided by senior officials from the Roosevelt. Luis Elizondo, a military official, intelligence official, who ran the program until he resigned in 2017, called the sightings a striking series of incidences. There's a couple more paragraphs, but do you have anything to say right now? Uh, well, you can finish if you want. Sure. Leon Golub, a senior astrophysicist at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, said the possibility of an extraterrestrial cause is so unlikely that it competes with many other low-probability but more mundane explanations. He added that there are so many other possibilities, bugs in the code for imaging and display systems, atmospheric effects and reflections, neurological overload from multiple inputs during high-speed flight. Now, that that's some bullshit right there. Bugs in the code for imaging and display systems is one thing, but literally eye-to-eye -eye contact, right? Like eyesight vision on that, on these, uh, on these whatever aircrafts. Yeah. That's what some of these pilots are saying, so that's not true. On top of that, you don't pay these naval pilots and you don't, like, work these naval pilots and, and have them to be like fucking up and like not knowing what to do in high speed situations. You want them to know what they're doing. So you do like trust them in these scenarios, in these situations. What is going on in training paint? John right Travolta was racing and Cam was in a horrible accident. I know Cam was in a horrible accident and Sam, John Travolta, is screaming over the wreckage. And this guy, this old guy, I don't know who he is or what he does, has been walking towards the wreckage. For Kevin like Dunn. Several, Kevin Dunn. Is that Kevin Dunn? Oh, man, he yes. aged poorly. It is. Uh, he has been walking towards the wreckage, sad look looking. There's uh, cutaways to the audience that uh, has never been more it's, than about four people. <laughs> it's brutal. It's brutal. Uh, we don't know what happened to Cam. They, uh, they did not even have enough extras to replicate the typical crowd. At dirt track racing. Yes, and now we're fading in on a hospital. It's tragedy. Tragedy Who's this girl that John Travolta's got his arm around? Is this that, is Cam's girl. Is that Cam's, Cam's girl? girl? Yeah, she works at the diner. Oh, like, I thought that was like a little girl. John Travolta's just a huge man. John Travolta is a very He's large He's big. Man. Look at him. I never really realized how big he is. He's several men in one. Look at him. For some reason, I always thought he was of normal height. Maybe it's just because maybe Nick Cage isn't small. You know what? So, when I saw Steve Carell in person, um, his nose was a lot larger than he was ever filmed. I mean, like, I was blown away. I was like, whoa, in person, your nose is really big. Huh. 
I, I have a feeling John Travolta's one of the same. Look at this thing. You never Look see, at his yeah. ears. Yeah. He's got like chimpanzee ears. Yeah, assuming that girl's like 5'6", how tall is John Travolta? Uh, seven. Seven feet. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> He's right. towering Oh, over shit. Her. Cam got his legs fucked up. Cam did. Oh, that's it, though. Thank God. Yeah. No head trauma in a car accident. Wow, he's lucky. Yeah, it's all leg. Yeah, that's usually not the case. He's fortunate. Yeah. Also not usually the case is uh, you're in a horrible car accident and all that's fucked up is your hands? <laughs> Marvel? Yeah, well, there was more to Doctor Strange. It was just hands over a long period of time because of that crush the dashboard did around his hands on the steering wheel. Which, by the way, that's a real car. Isn't that like a Lamborghini he's driving in that scene? Like, Isn't that mm -hmm. kind of a fuck you to the makers of that vehicle? Oh, oh, our no, dashboard no. will collapse and crush your hands if you're ever in a car accident. Yeah, yeah, never, ever. Well, never drive it wild like Strange did, you know what I mean? Yeah, by the way, for as smart as he is, why is he such a fucking reckless driver? Yeah, he's being really reckless in it that does, scene. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, because I get the idea that, like, oh, he's really arrogant, but arrogance doesn't mean... Reckless. So I feel like we must have missed the part where they explained he was late to the dinner or the whatever he was going to. It was a dinner or something like that. It was some kind of party, um, some kind of like benefit. No. So he was. I, I, we must have missed that part he because was he was for no reason at all. No, they say they say like the scene prior what, where he's going, but I mean, there's no setup to like why yeah, he's trying Shania to pass Twain cars on a two lane road. Right what Shania singing? Is this is a Shania song. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And for some reason, John Travolta went back to the racetrack, and they've not cleaned up any of the collision. None of the wreckage has been cleaned up. They just left it on the track, which it's they a would track, not have man. done. They don't, they don't fucking they don't, they don't deal with that. They would have cleaned it up and continued the race. All right. I wanna, so anyways, I want to continue this article, okay? You're still in the article? Yeah. I've still got more. So that, that fighter pilot, Graves, still cannot explain what he saw. In the summer of 2014, he and Lieutenant Danny Acoin, another Super Hornet pilot, were part of a squadron, the VFA-11 Red Rippers, out of Naval Air Station, Oceana, Virginia. I was training for a deployment to the Persian Gulf. Graves and Acoin spoke on the record to the Times about the objects. Three other pilots in the squadron also spoke to the Times about the objects, but declined to be named. The pilots began noticing the objects after their 1980s-era radar was upgraded to a more advanced system. As one fighter jet after another got the new radar, pilots began picking up on the objects, but ignoring what they thought were false radar tracks. So this essentially means, Felk, that since they upgraded their 1980s radar, yeah. <laughs> they were picking up on these UFOs, right, or UAPs, yeah. all the time and ignoring them until they started getting visual eye contact on them. Between my politics and your your obsession with not obsession but just dedication to reading uh, information about often about either the extraterrestrials or the occult, we're 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 the the cool boys's podcast could be like the Alex Jones podcast. No, we are not. How dare you? How dare you? We're not info. Alex Jones I'm believes in fucking ex aliens. You know, it's like. Don't it, compare me to Alex Jones. Fuck you. Well, all right. You have that one similarity. Well, but see, I'm 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 basing it off articles from the New York Times. It's a little different. They don't off, on, like commonly report alien shit. And you're you, and you gave it at fifty fifty, whereas Alex yeah, Jones exactly. is a hard one hundred percent. See that aliens uh, not only exist, but they are 
highly involved in the secret world Wait, government. And I'm 100% aliens exist. I am not 100% that they've come to our planet. Yeah. Well, do you believe that they infiltrated our government uh, to the point no, where... No, 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 no. But uh, I believe that there are planets out there with life on them. I listened to the entire fucking Alex Jones interview with Joe Rogan, and it yeah, yeah. almost... Both, well, how many? It, how many it, of them? There's like three or four the, of them. The, the recent one, the one yes, after they started well. the war, where he goes on about like how like he thinks like abortion is like a... a, a That's not how they started the war. That's how they ended the war. Is how they got... That's how they ended the war. They got back together. Uh, yeah, but the the like the government, you know, like abortion is, is just a, a way of getting um, tissue to the aliens because they use it to create clones. And it's like, yeah. it's amazing. Obviously, that's not true. Well, he has Rogan bot. Rogan actually is like, what? I, I didn't know, know no. this. That's, that's crazy. the craziest part. See, like, all right, I, I, I can listen to that and go. All right. This guy's insane. But then he'll point out something that Joe Rogan just goes like. You know, that's really interesting. I can't do a good Joe Rogan impersonation. He's like, that's re- that's interesting. Like, um, that's you, like he he agrees with. I think Joe Rogan is a very smart guy. I think he is. I, I would say he is the fucking Walter Cronkite of our generation right now. He, what I've, he, I've honestly, I I have worked um in the same productions as him multiple times, yeah. and I cannot get into what productions I've worked in. Yeah. But I have worked with him multiple times in different ways. I just think like him as a moderator. Uh, we're like uh, Tim Pool, uh, a guy from former like Gizmodo guy. Uh, you know his he had him on along, who's been very critical of Jack Dorsey and Twitter, along with Jack Dorsey and some uh, woman who was like a CEO or CFO or something, who uh, did most of the talking for Jack Dorsey. Uh, but like, and Joe just is like the moderator of of incredibly informative conversation. Like the the purpose of the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Plays is playing right now, is like I said, he's the Walter Cronkite of our generation. My point is though that this guy is is uh, the, vo- the current voice of reason, and occasionally, you know, like he- he'll he'll believe some of the things that Joe, that uh, Alex Jones is telling him about you know how we we've made half human half goat hybrids in, chi- in China have done that like been doing it since the 70s and Joe's like oh yeah it's documented like, we, we know that I was like is it is it Joe <laughs> well see I wonder I wonder if some of it is documented in a weird way and they're just kind of like they're exaggerating but I also think some of the time Joe's just being a nice host yeah um, and I think sometimes he just goes with shit, and he and he, and he feigns like their interests, you know. Oh shit! Flashback. There it is. He's with that girl. He's gonna get in that car. It is Shania. It's and they euthanized them both or uh, de-aged them. How, no, okay, no way they digitally de-aged these two. Who is that woman? That, that is a de-aged John Travolta. But His that, hair's not gray. Is that a de-aged Shania? I can't tell. We should have been following this movie God. better. We have not done a good job of doing a con. No, because that girl's dead, obviously. So that's she's not dead, she's dead, dead. she's dead. She's dead. She's dead. Jenny. Her name's Jenny. Je- Jenny, I Jenny. got your number. Jenny, I I'm came inside you. I'm going to make your, you mine. You're a bathroom. Jenny, robe. don't lose that. Oh, no. Don't change that number. 8367520. I don't know the number. 83. Wait. 8367. No numbers. Eight six seven five three zero nine nine eight six seven five three zero nine. I got it. I got. I got it. 
Why did you go to that song and not? I not, got your number famous, on the wall. The most famous Jenny. I got it. I got, I got it for a good time. For a good time, call. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Jenny. If you did, you wouldn't be in fucking love with Jenny. Jenny's a cunt. Jenny uh, jerked him off early on accidentally or something like that. Yeah, I guess. Did she touch his dick? How did he come in the towel? He, does, he, he, he puts his hand on her tit and, and he comes in the towel. That's right. That's right. It was just the hand on the tit and he came in the towel. He those, ruined, no, he ruined her, her, her roommate's towel or robe. What was it? Those Black Panthers definitely ran a train on her. And I'm not oh, saying that to, as a disparaging comment about the Black Panthers because hey, given the opportunity, like given the opportunity, who wouldn't? But no, I'm I, like I, I'm I'm saying that that character. Wait, was, wait. Uh, given the opportunity, who wouldn't run a train on Robin Wright Penn or Robin Wright? Excuse me. A train doesn't have to mean rape. A train can be consensual. I know, but who wants to fuck Robin Wright? Back then, she was pretty good looking. No, no. Robin Wright got most attractive in seasons. Two and three of House of Cards. That's fucking baffling. She was like 50-something then. She was the hottest yeah, but, in The Princess oh, Bride. Oh, dude. She was a hot piece of ass. She was hot the hottest in The Princess Bride. Oh, speaking of women who aren't hot but kind of are, um, I don't know if I want to go back. No, I, I just rewatched uh, just because I forgot I bought it uh, when, I, when I rented it. I rewatched uh, 21 Jump Street. Also because... Uh, Brie Larson. I enjoyed uh, the Lego movie two enough that I was like, I'm going to watch more of th their humor. Yeah, I watched it, and I I disagree with you. Um, that song is not catchy. Oh, but really? I, I, oh, it's not, I, it's not I a good song. It was just stuck in my head that night. I like the movie more than um, I think I thought I was going to, but it's not my favorite in all of the Lego films. No, me neither. I think the Lego movies, the first, I think the, actually the Lego Batman movie is the best one. I'm actually the Lego movie, Lego Batman, Lego Ninjago, Lego movie 2, the second part or whatever it's called. Oh, really? You like that less than Ninjago, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you seen... Yeah, Ninjago, I actually liked. Oh, uh, Dragon Watch. Have you seen How to Trade Your Dragon 3 yet? I have seen it. I <gasps> own it as well, Felk. You I watched own it? it? Of course. Um, so let me just point this way. Dragon Cast! We watched How to Train Your Dragon 3. Yeah. And then my kids the following day watched How to Train Your Dragon 1, How to Train Your Dragon 2. That must have been again. very confusing They've watched all them. these already. And How to Drain Your Dragon 3 again. How to Drain Your Dragon. <laughs> they loved it. They were so in love. They've seen some of the TV shows, but they loved 3. 3 ended so well. Oh, my God. I feel did like, Did you watch it for the first time with your kids? I did. And, okay. and, it's the first, and, and it's the first time I saw How to Train Your Dragon for the first time ever that I got to see it with my kids. Because every time I saw a Train Your Dragon for the first time, mm -hmm. I saw it in theaters. Oh, really? Yeah, so I didn't, and my kids were not born at that point. Um, so, anyways, wow, I honestly would, would like love Hiccup to get did. into a, a, I would love to get into a real conversation with them and talk about all three films and do like some kind of boner episode where we just talk about our favorite boners from the franchise. Okay, well, don't use the word boner. <laughs> Why? Because it's a kid show, a kid movie, kid thing. Well, no, if, if you're having the conversation with your kids, or are you just talking about with me? No, with you. I'm talking about like next week or something like that. Oh, I mean, well, we got 30 more minutes of trading paint, so. Uh, oh, I've got more. I've got more article to read about aliens. So here. No, we no, go. no. We're done with the alien article. You've, we can't. We I'm not done. I'm not done. I have three more paragraphs. This so, is horrible content. <laughs> continuing, continuing the alien article, right? Where they talked about how the radar from the, upgrading the radar, they suddenly started seeing more of these aliens. Sabotaging the show. <laughs> okay, but Graves said the objects. Remember, Graves is the pilot. But Graves said the objects persisted, showing up at 30,000 feet, 20,000 feet, even sea level. Then pilots 
began seeing the objects. That's as high as dragons can fly. <laughs> yeah, they, well, they, I, they could be. I mean, what, what do they say at the end of How to Train Your Dragon 3? Spoiler alert. When mankind's ready, the dragons may come back. Ah. Okay. So, then pilots began seeing the objects. That's important. They're seeing these things. What was strange, the pilots said, was that the video showed objects accelerating to hypersonic speeds, making sudden stops and instantaneous turns, something beyond physical limits of a human crew. Oh. Asked what they thought the objects were, the pilots refused to speculate. Dun, dun, dun. Is that the end of the... Are you just a dramatic pause? <laughs> that's it. No, that's it. That's the end of the article? Yeah, that's the end of the article. We did it. We did it. Uh, after previously already putting a pin on the alien thing. All right, give me your... Yeah. All right. Quick cool boy ranking. I'm gonna give, aliens? I'm going to give the first... Yeah, of that article. No. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i give the first How to Train Your Dragon. Five out of five, five, out of five boys. Five out of five boys. How Easy. To, how to, Easy. How to Train Your Easy. Dragon 2. And too? going back to it. Going back to it. Just having rewatched it this weekend. Um, it, uh, Roger Deakins, you are consulting, and it is working. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, 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 I I forgot that until the credits of the last one. I'm like, Felt. that's why it looks so good. I saw How to Train Your Dragons one and two in 3D. Yeah, and they are gorgeous 3D. Let me tell you the best moments both in 3D. No, no, no. We're, we got, we'll I'll, I'll get to first. two in a second. Right. But the first one. I did not see How to Train Your Dragon 3 in 3D. I am sorry. I am currently trying to purchase the movie from the UK or from Hong Kong, so I can't see it in 3D. But I haven't seen any that of being said, and I didn't see any of them in theaters because I'm not going to a theater as an adult man. <laughs> Go see how to I don't. Train I don't. I don't care. I see Crossroads in theater. So, anyways, <laughs> so How to Train Your Dragon one. The, the best 3D moment is when he first gets on 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 Toothless, and he is no longer roped in he's not attached to a trunk they're not soaring or whatever and gonna crash after the rope breaks no this is their legit test flight and they are you know fucking toothless is there fucking uh a hiccup is on top of him holding the fucking little like you know cheat cheat he even calls it cheat cheat and they just are so are soaring at about a thousand feet over the ocean and they drop and you follow behind them as they fucking fall a thousand feet then level off at sea level and then go through some rocks that perspective shot change mm -hmm. from a thousand feet to sea level from looking bird's eye down view essentially to looking directly at the horizon is breathtaking in 3d and there are moments in that film okay. over and over and over again in 3d that make that movie so much stronger, so much more powerful. That is one of the best 3D films I have ever seen, and I saw it immediately after Avatar, I think, or some shit. It was not too long after Avatar that movie came There's out. There's a lot of parallels like between away. those movies and Avatar. Um, yeah, And in a sure. lot of ways, I, I kind of feel like, especially the first one and Avatar, are like the closest things to what we should have gotten from a Dino Riders movie. Because they yeah. have like, there's like scenes where you could easily just swap dinosaurs in, and you got scenes from Dino Riders. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you just tame it and then ride it. Uh, but but all right, so it's supposed to be a Dino quick, Riders is a little more sci-fi though. It's supposed to be a quick cool boy raking. Uh, well, that's why I say Avatar as well. Um, how to Train Your Dragon two. I also love how How to Train Your Dragon and two right. and three, and with the title card. And the title card makes sense in a way that's it's also could have began the film and end the film. It's exactly like Christopher Nolan. It's the it's Batman Begins when you see it, you're like, 
oh yeah, of course, Batman Begins. Now he begins. But it's also what the whole film is. It's the Dark Knight. Like, he's the Dark Knight, the whole film. But at that end moment, when that title goes And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's on a rising platform. Ah, oh, it rises. <laughs> the Dark Knight rises. There, Yeah, again. So How yeah. to Train Your Dragon works in one. It works in two. The 3D moment in two, for me, that's the most powerful. It's when they go into the giant ice glacier that the ice dragon, the alpha, has created. And you see him rise up in front of Hiccup and Asterisk, and you just see how large the scale of this massive king dragon is breathtaking again. I say it again. Breathtaking. Also, Jonesy. They use Jonesy, the, the music from Jonesy, over and over again in these movies, and he's also – his music is breathtaking. That's Who's what these Jonesy? films are. What, They're Jonesy? breathtaking. I love Jonesy. Fuck yeah. Who's Jonesy? Some Swedish uh, musician. He's a fantastic guy, though. Oh, I didn't realize that. I I, I just credited uh, John Powell uh, as the uh, composer. Uh, music's really good, though. The score is John is Powell good. is composing, uh, but they uh, utilize the Swedish like like pop band Jonesy from Jonesy. Oh, Jonesy, <laughs> Jonesy, Jonesy. Uh, uh, how many boys? I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give two, four out of five. I give two, five out of five, and then two is my favorite. My problem with two is that it reuses the giant dragon as antagonist. There, it stuff carries over. The flaw, the flaw of the first one is that there's no huge antagonist, the or sentient character antagonist. The antagonist is the dad, is Gerard Butler, uh, as a character. Of course, he comes around, so it's it's a peaceful resolution. But in the, the first one, yeah, in, yeah, in the first one. There's no yeah, character. He... It's just a giant dragon. The giant dragon is it, basically the whole thing is that like the Jared Butler wants to kill dragons because he hates dragons because he thinks the dragon killed uh, his wife. Oh, so that's He's the perspective of all three. You're right. No, you're correct. All three of them have these random moments where they go into hidden dragon worlds. The idea that the third film takes place is called the hidden world. Mm -hmm. I thought lost a little bit of uh, its mojo getting in there because to find the main villain that's not the not his father, right? No. Stoic. It's that giant dragon, and you have to go into a dragon world to find it, right? That cave. You follow all those dragons. If Hiccup's point is dragons aren't really bad and we shouldn't kill dragons, it's not. it never quite worked for me that the – it turns out that, like, yeah, but we should kill this one dragon because he's kind of an asshole and it's making all mm -hmm. the other dragons steal our shit. Right. Uh, so, so it should have either been an all pro dragon or all anti dragon. The second one fixes that by giving an actual – is it Ian McShane is the villain? No, it's uh, Jaman Hunsu. Oh, really? Okay. Well, he's he's a decent villain, but a pretty forgettable character. And his whole thing is what that he doesn't. Does I he love hate that dragons? character. Does he hate he dragons? He, he hates them because they they hurt him. But he also uses them yeah. to gain empirical stature. That's my problem with the third one is that it, you just get another guy who hates dragons but uses dragons. It felt like now, a that rehash. guy doesn't just hate dragons; he enjoys killing them. In the third one, yeah, it's it's a little bit different, but more importantly, it's F. Murray Abraham. And yeah, well, who's fantastic? He he is so. It's a very good performance. Like like I I thought that dude was like old, like twenty years ago. So I don't know how yes. fucking old he is now, but he he is he gives a great villain like performance because he just really. Beautiful. And there, that's what that's what I did think is like okay, this is very too a little too similar to the last villain, but at least they're putting something into this character by having him. He is just like he you can tell like into the voice that F. Mary Abrahams saw that as a guy who gets erections from killing dragons. Yes, but 
He doesn't. I, I, I. It's so I watch a lot of kid shit, and and then there's a lot of kid shit that I can barely watch because it is so mind-numbingly dumb. Yeah. Okay. The, the Dragons right. movies have just enough uh, adult edge. Once they took Hiccup's leg in, in, at the end of the first one, that's where I was fully on board. I was like, wow, they really just fucking like, maimed the main character. And also it's thematically relevant because right. now he has symmetry with, with uh, what, Toothless. With, with Toothless. With Toothless. Yeah, yeah. so it, it was, that, that was that was cool. But also, like, that's how you know fucking Star Wars isn't for kids. It's because people's arms and legs get chopped off, mostly arms. Um, I don't think that doesn't make them not for kids. I think kids should see shit like that. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, when I grew up, I thought Star Wars was a good movie, was a movie for kids. But now you, you know, it's like, no, kids, it should, is. kids should watch Pregnant Elsa on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes. So there is this homogenized uh, uh, discuss, uh, four weeks until the race, but the big race, by the way, just as a heads up for oh, anybody shit. that cares about trading paint. Trading um, paint! Trading paint! Trading paint! <laughs> So, uh, back to, like, that kind of shit. Yeah, there is the Wreck-It Ralph 2s of the world. By the way, Wreck-It Ralph 2, first episode of Cool Boys. I'll never We talk about Wreck-It Ralph 2. Ralph breaks the internet. I've seen it recently. My son, who loves Disney films, one week until the opening race. Okay, my son that, that actually up. likes Disney movies saw Wreck-It Ralph 2. At the ending third act, well, Ralph becomes essentially, um, uh, I don't he starts spreading across the internet. That's how he starts breaking the internet. Yeah. And it's multiple Ralphs, and they all turn into, like, one giant Omni-Ralph. Those movies look horrible. I'm never going to see them. It's horrible. It is horrible, the second Ralph. Uh, regular Ralph. He becomes a giant Omni-Ralph. Like, a bunch of Ralphs make one Ralph. Okay. I don't care about My it. son <laughs> gets the fuck up, jumps out of his seat, yeah. sprints in front of the TV all the way to his bedroom. I'm scared! The whole time to his bedroom. Freaked him the fuck out. Disney, in a random third act sequence that I'm sure they did not assume was going to freak anybody How do out. Get, wait, Wreck-It Ralph's Disney? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's Disney, yeah. Oh, wow. I did not realize that. I, I thought they were like Blue Sky or whatever. Because oh, you, no, yeah. you do know that like like uh, How to Train Your Dragons, like, the, like it's DreamWorks. It's DreamWorks animation but yeah the first one's like universal then the second one's fox and the third one's like paramount that's distributors. distribution yeah that's distribution. but that's like it, it's like it's a mess in terms of the funding like it, it's yeah because dreamworks has gone through a lot of, of of shit one of the things that's made the uh dragon films very uh, much um uh in line with each other uh feels syn the synergy between the, all three of them yeah is guillermo del toro and he's and a yet, producer? Along with, um, I think his name's Dean DeBlois, or Dean DeBlois. Yeah. And Chris Sanders. Yeah. Um, they definitely feel like consistent quality. Uh, and the, like, the first one came out, what, 2011, 2012? Uh, it, it was, yeah, I don't remember. Pull that's, it up. That's when, that's when, you know, something like Cars 2 was, was coming from Pixar. I'm telling you, it was like one of the, okay, there were not many 3D films immediately after Avatar. It was not immediately after Avatar where there was a bunch of 3D because they did not have the immediate change over in, 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 in the industry to be able to support every film being rotoscoped all of a sudden into post-3D work. 2010. So, March 2010. Exactly. I remember it being immediately after Avatar, like 2009 Avatar, so 2010. That makes sense. There were some others. There was like A Christmas Carol, right? There were some shit. But, and there were some films shot in 3D, which were easier, obviously. No post-time on the 3D, really. 
But that being said, then eventually in 2013 and 2014, we had a 3D overload that eventually tapped off around 2016, 2017. Okay, back to How to Train Your Dragon. Two is one of my favorites. It's mostly because of the villain. It's because Stoic is killed. Yeah. I just they didn't, I just didn't like full the... full on. Um, the, oh, the stuff oh, with the mom and, was fine. It felt, it, felt, it felt... And Stoic, when he meets uh, Hiccup's mom, again, he comes across her again for the first time in so many years. Mm -hmm. Instead of yelling at her, she's like, just yell at me. Say something. He's just like, you're still as beautiful as ever. And he wants to essentially sing the song they fell in love with. And they just have their moment together, and that's beautiful. My problem is that the mom didn't... Like, wh why didn't she come back? <laughs> um, because she was embarrassed, and that's made very clear. She feels sh like shit. And she's all fucked up, and it's superhuman moment. And it's really... It's really one of those points of the film where you're just like, this is a kid's film. Yeah, no, it and is. they're handling the mom having issues coming back well, home. Well, I think that, like, uh, the second one was, uh much later and they grow up with their audience like uh in a way not as much as you linear. think but yes yeah they did no, they i do. loved how they aged the characters in two what i loved how they aged the characters in two but three is not that much further along after two it's like two years two takes place many years after one yeah but three takes place not that far after two like a year or two i think yeah, it's like it's like they've been doing some time of of going after and trying to find new dragons. So let's get into three real quick. Yeah. So I guess we're doing it then. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon Three? I also give five out of five. Wow. Boys, they did a great job closing the series off by also giving it a new arc, giving it something new and different. Even though mm -hmm. it is once again the first movie. Where do we go? We go to a hidden world where dragons go to a cave to feed a giant big dragon. Yeah. In the second movie, we go to glaciers to go see giant alpha king dragon to find out that Toothless is going to become king someday. Third film, we go find out where to Toothless's kingdom will be, this hidden paradise underneath earth under a waterfall it's in the middle Toothless's of the ocean. It's Toothless's arc. He, it's really his story. It is. And it, well, the third film is more Toothless's arc than it is a Hiccup's. I feel like two is hiccups and toothlesses, and I feel like one is mostly hiccups. Well, also three tips the scales because, all right, the first film, the whole thing is that Hiccup is right and his, his dad is wrong. The second film, Hiccup's wrong and his dad is right that there, you can't negotiate with J Jaiman Hansu. Terrorists. That, he, that like, he really is just always going to be bad. So he finds out that his dad was right and loses his dad. And in the third film, he finds out that he was... Uh, wrong again basically in that like the dragon world isn't for us to save us it's for the dragons to save the dragons and he realizes that the whole point is we're not the ones helping the dragons the dragons are the ones helping us and what we need to do is get the fuck out of their way yeah and if you go back and you watch it's really good really good one, morals for kids to learn honestly it is and if you go back and watch the first film you really do see that stoic is not bloodthirsty as it seems. No, when he's, you see the, it's wolves. When you see it the first time, Dragons you do are think wolves. he's bloodthirsty. Dragons are no, just but wolves, he does, basically. He reads bloodthirsty every time I watched episode, or sorry, movie one yeah. until three. Three is the first time I was like, oh shit, he's not bloodthirsty. So having seen three and then immediately rewatching one, it, he is way less bloodthirsty. It's okay. crazy. Um... I will give three, four and a half. Better than the second one. Still not as good as the first one. But that, the epilogue, 
uh, elevated this thing so much because you did. The, the movie itself kind of felt like a rehash of the first film until the very end when yeah he Hiccup has to realize that like oh the point of this is we have to let you guys the dragons go and then coming in you know to the epilogue it ex it basically explains yeah this is this was all in our world this wasn't a fantasy world this is this is like a fantasy story set in our reality dragons went away and, and uh but they're still hiding maybe they'll come back when we're worthy when we're ready for them when we're ready for them all right and also we have to praise how to train your dragon 3 mm -hmm. because it's not called how to train your dragon 3 they went with hidden world that for was some the studio reason. no that was paramount the distributors required them that was sad. Whoever that the new sad. distributor was was like, uh, I read this in an interview from with uh, what Dean DeBloy or whatever, and he's like, basically the new distributor said we don't do numbers because they don't perform as well as subtitles. So you got to do a subtitle, even though they they would have preferred to just call it um, How to Train Your Dragon Three. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Well, okay, so one of the things about uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3 that I, I love is that they replaced T.J. Miller. He did record his entire line. <laughs> they replaced him with Justin Ruppel. A guy who sounds like T.J. Miller. <laughs> Remember I was telling you about the sound-alikes? There's a whole market for these sound-alikes. Uh, yeah, uh, Screen Junkies did a bit about this. where they were, Did they really? Yes, they, they talked. To, it, was, it was in, I think, their uh, honest commentaries or something. Like, there's, a whole, there's a whole market of sound-alikes who were eagerly checking the like like the four people they can do like oh I can I can do you know TJ Miller and I can right. kind of do Steve Carell there's like three other names I can kind of do because like, like they did the same thing with um, Secret Life of Pets with, with yep. Louis C.K. they just got a guy who sounds like Louis C.K. Patton Oswalt is it Patton Oswalt it's Patton doing a Louis C.K. impersonation no just you realize how close Patton sounds like Louis I mean, I guess, yeah I guess they kind of do sound similar they have similar, that's what I was surprised they have similar by. energy Sound alikes were just like eagerly waiting every day for the Me Too to get to like for to be one of the people. Oh, that's... I bet this is their time to shine. Yeah. What? Who's that? Who jacks off in front of people? Yes. Whoever sounds like Kevin Spacey must be really excited. <laughs> yes. Oh, but if you can look like him, even better for House of Cards. But they didn't have that. No. Um. So. I think uh, I think Trinity Paint's ending. So it is train painted ending. Uh, Cam did beat Linsky. Well, so that, hey, that is correct. It, just, it is freeze framed. So it was, it was eighty minutes of content. It's seven yep. minutes of credits, and I bet these are gonna but, be really slow. Oh, post credit scene. Fine, I'll trade paint myself. <laughs> uh, that's it. Yay. So fuck. Anyways, anyways, back to back back to how to how to how to train your dragon three and all that jazz. Um. All right, finish it up, though, because we, we can't go on longer than the movie. Well, then there's nothing more left to say about How to Train Your Dragon, the hidden world, I guess. Well, no, no. All right, let's just skip to the end, though, because what did you feel about that epilogue? Because that epilogue was like, the, 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 to me, that was like one of the best trilogy enders out there. It was. It was fantastic. I loved the way it ended. I loved how you flash forward and you saw real quickly his wedding and... And they did it fast enough, and someone yelled, finally, already, yeah. in the crowd. And then and then you cut to, you know, so many years later, and he's got his kids. And I loved how his kids were scared of the dragons. Yeah, legitimately. I love that. I love that. And I loved how he touched Toothless. The way he touched Toothless and the way he said goodbye to Toothless was the same way he first touched Toothless mm -hmm. in episode one. I keep saying episode one. In the first movie, I just – I was really happy 
they did such a good job with it, and I, and I and I think it's such a great series as a whole, and I'm excited I was able to share it with my kids in the end, and and I really recommend How to Train Your Dragon. It's like one of those few series that's just so fucking good. It's so well made. It's got quality. It's got love. It does, yeah. And I was going to say that like it, a lot of it reminded me of tell, telling our relationship, human beings' relationship with wolves, how we were probably scared of them. Yeah. And they became dogs. Because Toothless acts kind of like a dog cat. They give him, like, they give him cartoon dog intelligence. He's much more dog than cat, for sure. I definitely need more Dude, dog Dude, what is cat. going on with Trading Paint? We are seeing all of these cuts in between the credits of, of to a birthday party all of a sudden, all the, wait, all the way in the future. Where Cam has a kid with his wife, and Sam's there with Shania. And dialogue with no audio, which is really weird. It's like they're having yeah, a full conversation. It doesn't make any sense. And Linsky lost. Remember Wait, that. Michael Madsen's character, Linsky, he lost. He did? He lost to Cam Monroe. Yeah, Sam's Sam's son. You followed that? I didn't follow I was watching the, the movie the whole time. I have no idea what happened in this movie. What? Really? How the fuck the did you follow movie? this? You were reading a goddamn New York Times article for 30 minutes. I still can watch a movie and read and, like, you know, talk to somebody. I'm baffled that you knew anyone won or lost. All I saw were colors and shapes. What's Michael Madsen's character's name, by the way, real quick? I, you just said it, and I don't fucking remember it. Linsky. Hiccup. <laughs> Hiccup. <laughs> Ass shit. Yeah. Toothless. All right, well, and five Craig out of Ferguson's five for the whole series. Gay. <laughs> I love the whole series of, um, of uh, How to Train a Dragon. The only person... The only person in the whole series that I wish was not cast in a as a character. It's not Jonah Hill as Snotlout. It's not fucking uh, Christopher Mintz Plass as, uh, as, as Fish Legs. Kid it's Harrington? not TJ Miller as Tough Nut and, or Rough Nut and, uh, and uh, Kristen Wiig as Rough Nut or Tough Nut. No, 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 no. It's not Jay Brukel as fucking Hiccup. It's sure as hell it's not Americana Ferreira. As uh, or America Ferrer, whatever America Ferrer, <laughs> Castanet or as Asian Hispanic girl, <laughs> as a white girl, that's totally fine. But you don't want to do it the other way. Yeah, whitewash. Yeah. Um, it's for me. It's Craig Ferguson. You don't like Craig Ferguson? I just don't get him. I just don't get him in that role. I just don't get it. Well, they do a weird thing where all the elder uh, Vikings have Scottish accents, yet all the younger ones have American accents. Or Canadian, I guess, technically. Yeah, um, but you know, Jay does an incredible Gerard Butler. He rep he does his voice in, in the movie? Yeah, because he, he, he mimics his dad a few times, and you're like, wow, that's not bad, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it, it is weird, though, the whole accent thing. And historically speaking, Vikings should not sound Scottish anyways. They should sound what? Like Danish people. Swedish. They should sound uh, most like well, Swedish. Okay, okay, first of all, Viking is not technically what they were called at the time. That is a modern nomenclature that is not accurate. Mm -hmm. Viking is a verb. You went Viking. Danes went Viking. To Viking meant essentially to go and pillage and rape, honestly. But Viking was not a noun. It was a verb. You were called – if they saw – a whole bunch of quote-unquote Vikings off the coast. People usually would yell, Danes are coming. That, that Something along those lines. Huh. They, they did not yell, Vikings! Viking was not what they were. They were going to Viking that town. But they did train dragons. They did! That's 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 reality. All right. All right. Uh, well, 
That was the fucking best John Travolta film we have ever seen. Yeah. Cool Boy Nation, tell us about any of your funny or interesting thoughts on trade and paint. Also, if you have any questions or any more insight on our viewing of trading paint, then let us know by emailing us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. New episodes of the Cool Boys Podcast come out every Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to the Cool Boys and review us on iTunes. You can also donate to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. And please check out our other great Cool Boys Central content with Batman and Beyond on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Cool Boy Nation. Until next time, it's Bizies from the Forger Felk. And that's Bizies from Broken Arrow Ballard. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of the Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by... Falk, we never did a quick cool boy rating of training paint. Oh, zero. Zero boys. Looking horrible. I give it four out of five boys. Yes. <laughs> I was actually watching. How many? Four out of five. How many were you really give it? Four out of five. I was watching. I actually watched it. It was fine. I enjoyed it. Four out of five. All right. That's... Uh... And now you know how I rate movies, cool boy nation. Okay. Well, that's in. We're done. <laughs> There's your Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, the rating will be the Easter egg, I guess. Cool boys. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you always... uh. That was a weird episode. Get some cool, cool boys. boys. <laughs> <laughs> so serious. <laughs>